Rolling. <laughs> I stole Kendra's line. <laughs> Rolling. Hi, I'm Kendra. I'm Olivia. And this is our music oddcast. And today we have a lineup change. Trading out some members. Uh, Lindsay is unable to continue with us for a little while. She's got some personal and family stuff going on. So luckily our behind the scenes contributor, Josh. Thank you. Say hi, Josh. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, is down to help us out here and uh, be a new cast member. Uh, that's that, that makes it sound like you're working at Disney. I don't know I if know. I like that. Yeah, or like I'm an actor. I'm, right? I'm part of the cast. <laughs> I'm a cast. Like it For is an improv. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. What what bands have you been in? I was in a band called Thunderhawk. That's the only band I've ever been in. That's not true. Yeah, it is. No, because What you, other band was I in? Black Label Summer. Yeah, but that was like an imaginary band that I made up. Right. <laughs> there was the good ones that turned into the final hurrahs, and then you were yeah. part of Mark Hutchins' band. That's right. I did play bass for Mark yeah. Hutchins for a while. Josh isn't from the Midwest originally. He comes from Philly. I'm from Philadelphia. <laughs> Word. And That's not how we talk. <laughs> and he actually came out here to go to Ball State for college and then just never left. Yeah, I mean... Once I got out here, it's so much cheaper to live out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like where my parents live on the north side of Philly, it's literally like the housing market's insane. So like I couldn't afford to live there even if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, that sounds nuts. Yeah. So welcome. <laughs> Today we are going to talk about Pink Floyd and some crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give a general synopsis of that. Well, it's called The Publius Enigma. And <laughs> say it again. Publius. The Publius. Publius. Enigma. <laughs> enigma. The Grand Puba. Yeah. Publius Enigma. Like, I feel like I want to talk like Dr. Evil and say that. Like, <laughs> Publius Enigma. Guys, I'll be right back. I got to go hurt. take a Publius. <laughs> enigma. <laughs> Sorry, it's just too good. That's already the name. We already have the name of the day. It, Publius Enigma. Publius. Some of this. The names and stuff involved with it just get kind of weirder, too. I'm very excited. Yeah. Like, you know me, I love a good name. Yeah. <laughs> Pink Floyd, as everybody probably knows, is a psychedelic pop, which I think it's weird that they're considered pop, but I guess it was, you know, 60s pop that put them in that category, so it's nothing to do with pop music now. But a prog rock band formed in the early 60s. Funny, I ran into a huge problem finding the date that, the, well, around the time that the band started, something said like 62, 63, some said 65. So hmm. I just decided to go with early 60s. That's smart. I mean, the yeah. first album came out in 67, I think, or 66. Um, yes. Well, well, I'll get to that. They were formed by keyboardist Rick Wright, drummer Nick Mason, and bassist Roger Waters. Bob Close was an early member of the band who um, ended up leaving pretty early on. They formed the band while studying architecture at the Wyndham Street Polytechnic in London. They dreamed of making a living off their music to avoid typical jobs. So wait, they're all like studying to be architects. Yeah. And they're like, fuck it, let's start a psych band. Let's do acid and start a band. (laughs) That's pretty pretty dope. Well, they started out playing rhythm and blues. They did some covers. And And then then, they did acid. Yeah, yeah, things really changed when... like the next member of the band joined. Some of their early names included Sigma Six, the Megadeths, the Abdabs, the Screaming Abdabs, Leonard's Lodgers, the Spectrum Five, and T-Set, which was their name for a while, until band member Sid Barrett joined and changed the name. And he was a friend of Roger Waters from 
Cambridge, and he was studying painting at the time. He joined the band, changed their name to the Pink Floyd Sound. He got the name from a couple records, from blues records that he had, by Pink Anderson and Floyd Sound. Hmm. And yeah, he um, Sid was very creative, energetic, and the type of person that people wanted to be around. He wrote lyrics in front of the band and created their experimental guitar sound. Nick Mason was the only one that actually spent time studying music and helped with all the arrangements. They started out playing like a ton of shows and became part a big part of the underground scene. And after recording their first demo in '66, they were signed to EMI. They were pretty. Can distra- you imagine? Like so just recording easy. a fucking demo yeah. and just be like, oh, cool, we're signed. Yeah. Which is <laughs> like, that's not happens. how it happened back in the 60s because you're even either now, good sometimes. or not. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I yeah, it just depends on the right person hearing your music or getting it. I think it was a little I'll bit never easier, know. easier to, gain, <laughs> to gain access to the record labels. I think maybe that was the, probably the only difference. Well, back then, it, there, was, there wasn't as much like home recording equipment, so you had to go to a studio and do something that was sort of professional. And the, which cost a lot of money. So it's it separated like all these hack bands who like maybe would have done it with like people who had some money. There was still more of like an A and R budget too. So there were people going out looking for bands to sign. Yeah, that's Especially true. Like, like going to clubs looking for like London around you know, that time, the next so. big thing. Now they don't even really have to do that. All they have to do is like watch SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me get on my Instagram and check for the next big thing. They were pretty distrustful of record labels and wanted to do their own thing. They started recording their first album, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, at Abbey Road Studio in 67. Norman Smith, who worked with the Beatles, started producing the album. He had a really difficult time working on songs with Sid because they were used to playing live and just kind of going with whatever happened, improvising, and his songs didn't have a lot of structure and didn't always make sense to the producer. So they definitely clashed and they weren't coming up with any singles. He eventually came up with See Emily Play, which was one of their first big hit. Yeah. He, Sid, invited guitarist, another Cambridge friend, David Gilmore, to visit the studio during recording. And he was pretty surprised, David Gilmore was pretty surprised to see how much Sid's mental health had degraded since he had seen him last. He was taking too many drugs and really started unraveling due to the demands of the band and pressures of fame, which he didn't really want that side of it ever. Well, and then also, like, I was reading about it a little bit, too. And, like, if you have a predisposition genetically towards, like, schizophrenia, taking any kind of hallucinogenic can activate it. It accelerates it. There's a lot of weird stuff. We're going to do a mini episode just about this because there's all this stuff saying that, you know, he was schizophrenic, he was drugged until he had brain damage, all sorts of different rumors going around about how he was locked in closets and um, drugged by his roommates, like really weird stuff. So we'll get into that on another episode. Yeah, but regardless, it's super sad. So he was only on like the one album or two albums? A little bit on the second album, yeah. The first two. And he he even came out, like he put out two albums of his own. Yeah, his first album's like pretty lucid and coherent. And then the stuff after that, it just... It gets really strange, yeah, and like a cool, really cool way. But it's you can tell he's just not there for like some of the, his solo stuff. Have you guys ever heard Rudimentary Penai? I don't know. They like no. one of their first albums was like on Crass Records. I don't know. That could be an interesting episode too. But like 
Nick Blinko, he does like the outsider art. He's like part of that whole movement and he's the singer. But there is a point <laughs> and you can definitely tell it through the album history where like they're like, okay, you're done writing lyrics. Because oh. <laughs> there is like, Aww. like I think he was put in an asylum yeah. um, because he thought he was Pope Adrian. Oh. Wow. Um, and there's like a song that's like, Pogo, poke, pogo, poke, pogo, poke, pogo, poke, pogo, poke, pogo. And it's just like literally saying pogo, poke. And that's the whole wow. song. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, all right, dude, I'm here for it, but also yeah. like I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, that, it sounds like a Sid Barrett, one of his later songs. There's just some weird song called Dolly Rocker where he's just like strumming one chord oh, yeah, he over was and over that. again. And he's just saying like Dolly Rocker. And it's just so He started like, doing what? that at live shows where he either wouldn't play at all or yeah. he would strum one chord. I think it's super cool. He, lost, he eventually <laughs> lost the ability to play. That would actually probably be like, yeah, maybe we'll do a rudimentary peni episode because I know a couple people that know a mm. lot more about that than I do. So yeah. Yeah. that would be interesting to talk about. So we started acting out at shows, which we mentioned, and wouldn't play. some. They Everybody wanted to hear their hit song, and he didn't want to play it. The band... I feel like that's also typical, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll like, go through like, that. Like if you Nirvana see like that band, would like never play "Smells Like Teen Spirit." They just yeah. like I'm not playing that. Or like I think it's funny when bands like know that that's the one song and they're like just get it out of the way at the very beginning. Yeah. Like, okay, now we're gonna play the shit that we actually <laughs> want to. I mean, do you get sick of playing "Live or Let Die"? No, because we only play like once a song. year, so I can I can yeah, play it once true. a year. Is it the Coke <laughs> Dick song? Yeah. Yes. Nice. But when you were playing, you know, pretty regularly. Did it get annoying? Because, I mean, people would scream that at you from... The yeah, this guy, C-Ray, Ray. would show yeah. up, and he would he would scream, like, blue eyeballs wild, like, the whole time, and coke dick. Yeah. And then he would, like, move over five feet and get behind someone and yell, coke dick, <laughs> like, two minutes later. <laughs> but you, you didn't get sick of playing it? No, I didn't mind. People paid money to come see us. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I remember that. I was at a lot of those shows. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same. The members asked David Gilmore to step in and be the fifth member for a while because Sid was losing the ability to play and just acting very erratic. Sometimes he wouldn't show up for weeks at, the time, weeks at a time to practice or record. And they knew that the plan was to eventually phase him out because they, they didn't know how much longer he could be part of the band. That's sad. I know. And then it's sad because some of the stuff that I was reading said that they just like stopped picking him up for practice. And then he showed back up in the studio years later for one of, like, whether we're recording, thinking, like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm still in this band and we're going to record. And Dark Side of the Moon, here we go. Record. He's yeah. like, shows up. I don't remember what album it was for, but it's super sad because, you know, they were all really young and that would be a lot yeah. to handle in, like, your early 20s. Oh, totally. And, you know, just not even knowing what to do because you don't know exactly what's wrong with them. I, I think that that was a tough position for them to be in. Especially his friend. That had to be hard to be, you know, his Yeah, they're friend, all buds. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, because Dave, David Gilmore produced Sid Barrett's first solo yeah. album, so they must have been... Like still remain like friends. some kind of friend, yeah. That's good. David Gilmore seemed like a pretty good guy. He's awesome. I just read yeah, an article. Like I didn't read the article. I saw the headline where he sold all his guitars for like twenty one million dollars. They probably they auctioned them off. Wow. Like his the stuff he played like that's you know, awesome. Wish you were here and stuff yeah. like that. And I think he donated the money to like climate change or something. Oh dang. Yeah. That's that's, that's awesome. Really cool. He's just seems like a super good guy. While recording. A Saucer Full of Secrets in 68, Sid wasn't even really contributing. I think he was credited on two songs, and that he was... He sang really- on one of the songs, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I think so. 
And, but he, I mean, he was still kind of writing at that point. Yeah. And that was, you know, when they kind of cut him out. The band played music for the BBC premiere of the Moon Footage. Pretty cool thing. I Spacey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, that, works. Their second album's real spacey. It's like yeah. space rock. They really struggled writing songs <laughs> Actually, without Actually, like, talking about space rock. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, my high school had a, um, what's the star thing? Uh, I can't, a planetarium. Yes. Oh, right? yeah. 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 That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Okay. Words so. escaped yeah. me today. <laughs> and the teacher, like, you know, you'd like lean back in your seat and look up or whatever. And then he just put on Pink Floyd. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh. like, Smoke a J behind the bleachers. That was totally. Well, like, you, you, know, you know, like all the science teachers were stoners. Like, it's just yeah. funny. All the science teachers I had were more of like the nerdy folk. Um, That's legit. Yeah. I had some that definitely weren't smoking weed. I definitely, I mean, maybe, like, I'd say I it was like half and half at my high school. Like yeah. there was some there you're like, oh yeah. You definitely party. <laughs> okay. So, they, yeah, they've struggled riding without Sid, and they started experimenting with different noises, even used dog vocals. And they were going to – it was Roger Waters' idea. They were going to record an album without using any instruments. They were just making different things out of, like, pencils and rubber bands. And um, the band <laughs> that finally – sounds terrible. Oh, I know. Yeah. The band was finally like, this isn't working. We're not doing this. No, that sounds horrible. Yeah. God. I wouldn't want to listen to that. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm just thinking like, bang, 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 ooga, ooga. Like, what, like, what? Like, is that how you come up with all those weird things? Like, I don't know. Like, what would your instrument be? Like, I've seen people make, like, washboard stuff. Like, folk punk bands always, like, get pretty fucking creative with that stuff. I saw a pretty cool video of Jack White making a guitar out of something. It was, I don't even remember what he was using, but it was pretty cool, and it sounded great. But so like a, a bright well, bucket bass, and then I've yeah, seen, that's like, what slide, I was thinking of. Those bucket slide. bases with the string attached to like a mop bucket or whatever. Yeah, and then like also like the what was it like White Trash Blues Revival? They had like that skateboard that they turned into like a slide guitar or something. Oh, oh. I don't remember <laughs> that? That's pretty funny. I, I saw. I know it wasn't too. that. I think what was it? I can't remember. Yeah, it's a local band, so yeah, I don't know, but it's funny. They released Amagama. I think I'm saying that right. I love that album. It's really experimental. Yeah, in 1969. Yeah. So that's what they put out instead of the pencil yeah. instrument. <laughs> yeah, no, it ha- it's got like pianos and instruments and stuff. It's really weird, but it's not just pencils. Is that the and one that <laughs> has the dog vocals? Because I couldn't find which Probably. album that is on. I don't know. There's lots of noises the on there. That, oh believe. man, like <laughs> I'm just like just imagine like what what <laughs> the dog like, name is Shane, like, by the what way. what phase were they in and like how fucked up were they yeah. when they were just like you know Let what the would be a sing. great idea. <laughs> <laughs> this dog's voice is just so beautiful, man. Like, I don't know. Like, how high were they? <laughs> yeah. But also, like, they put out great music, li- so. Yeah, it's not like they couldn't write songs. And hearing right. that, the, you know, the producer hearing that and being like, you know, it yeah, works. Let's, let's it totally go. works, yeah. guys. But also, was the producer high? You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, I didn't think about like that. There's so much. <laughs> We'll never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so their next album, Adam Hartmother, eventually made it to number one in the UK. The band members were really collaborating well, and they were extremely um, supportive of each other and finally got back on their feet after losing Sid. They released Metal in 71 and Obscured by Clouds. I can't talk tonight. In 72. They began recording Dark Side of the Moon in 73, which eventually... Went to number one in the U.S., which was like huge for them. Dark Side of the Moon, like 
<laughs> have you guys ever done? Is that the one that's like the um, Wizard of Oz? The yeah. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. yeah. Have I've you never ever done, done it? That, but my I did that have. back in high school. It actually lines up like eerily well. It yeah. really does. Yeah. It really does. Like I'd always heard about that, and then I went down to Indy to visit a friend, mm-hmm. and I was like twenty. Yeah. And I was a total stoner at that time, and yeah, definitely partook and. <laughs> <laughs> like he had downloaded this version of it where it was like queued up perfectly or whatever, um, just from the internet. Yeah. And whatever we yeah. watched it. Yeah. And my mind was totally blown. Like I was like freaking out, but I was also like really high. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this kind of plays into the whole enigma that we're gonna talk about in a little bit. Too. Enigma. Yeah. Boobleous. Boobleous. Is it boob no, I just said boobleous, but I think no, I like that better. It's not boobleous. Boobleous. <laughs> boobleous. But also boobleous. But it sounds like boobleous. <laughs> like, I gotta name a dog boobleous. Like, come here, boobleous. <laughs> sounds like a sci fi name. Sure. Like, this is Boo- Captain Boobleous, then rode on the dragon to go slay the knight who had stolen his shards. Like, For sure. 100%. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can you tell what genre I read? Yeah. <laughs> So they were really enjoying the success at the time, and Roger Waters was starting to write more and more of the lyrics, and the songs got a little darker, a little more melancholy, and some of the lyrics were even angry. In 1975, they recorded the album Wish You Were Here, which they said was their tribute to Sid, mm. especially the song Shine On You Crazy Diamond. They said it was partly to pay tribute and partly out of guilt how they handled his exit from the band. They were young and ill-equipped to handle his mental illness. And unfortunately, tensions were growing among the band members at the time. They weren't really getting along. Some didn't like the direction they'd taken, and they didn't always like Roger's control. They upped some of the like the stage show side of things. Um, They even included pyrotechnics to (laughs) make the live shows more of an experience. Can we just go there for a second? Yeah. I don't know who was the first person that was like, you know what would make this better? Fire. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I respect that. Oh, yeah. And if a band is ever like, you know what, we need fire. Like, I'm like, yes. More fire. Please, more fire. Like, I was, I went through this phase where I was trying to get all the metal bands in town to like throw down. I'm like, how can we buy a flamethrower? Because we can all no. take turns. <laughs> no, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Remember I was also Ramstein? like, but I was also like really drunk and it was it was very funny. And I'm like, it, it could be great, guys. Like I knew it would never happen because I don't think you can just go and buy no. a flamethrower. Well, that and you, I don't know. I don't know if you can get that one. That and, you know, you can't just use it anywhere. So a lot of the places in town, you probably, they're probably, the ceilings probably I feel like enough. that would just be more so inspiration to play outside. But yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I was really, I don't know. If you get me really excited about something, I can argue for it all day, even though if I know I'm wrong. Have so you seen? I spent a summer arguing for it, basically. Paul McCartney had pyrotechnics oh, yeah. indoors at the Coliseum. No, I was terrified. Over the summer, which I was like, only Paul McCartney could pull that. That's so got to be some kind loud. of fire code breakage. Yeah, I wondered. But yeah. That's dope. Yeah. And it was, it was like completely full of smoke, too. There's like we no were Was anybody very, like very, mad about it, though? Or was everybody like, uh, fuck yeah, No, fire. I think everyone Everybody's was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like fire is always a good idea. We yeah. were totally I mean, it's totally not always a good idea, but it's always a good yeah. idea. We would have never made it out alive because we were the very we were seated at the very back, top row in the Coliseum. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so slow getting out anyway. Yeah, it took like 30 minutes to get to the car, like regardless. Yeah. So, so yeah, we wouldn't be alive. Fire. I just want to be like, <laughs> I just want to be like Beavis, like, Sorry, that's a terrible impression. That was actually pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I've done better. Just, 
Just not on my game tonight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So David Gilmore wanted to keep things simple. And Rick Wright, he either briefly quit or was fired in 75 from the band because he he wasn't getting along with Roger Waters. They included flying pigs for the, not real pigs, but um, big blowups of flying pigs for the live shows supporting the- (laughs) Not not real flying pigs. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, I didn't mean that the way it sounded. No, but I I like like, the visual image of like- where can like I how find one? Would that work? Like, yeah. I'm so fascinated. Like I just I want felt like one. no real pigs were used like, in the attempt. I know we mentioned Rammstein just a few minutes ago. Yeah. And I wanted to say hello to all our German fans because I've noticed that it's been continuously growing. I like watching the numbers and just wanted to say hi and thank you. I was gonna say something in German, but I'm really bad at it. I know a little bit, but I'm too afraid that I. My enunciation up. is horrible, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend like I. Can yeah, do I would that. totally embarrass myself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All I know are like the cuss words. I know a lot of the like the basics, but Heinz weit drei. That's about all I. That's about it. Scheisse. Like that's yeah. About it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my that's my contribution. <laughs> Scheisse. <laughs> so I don't the, know. That was like drum. Yeah. Like, well, right, where are we? What's going fire. on? Oh, we're talking about how their stage performance got kind of like upped. Yes, and, and they, they were kind of like, eh. the album Animals in '77. The songs were inspired by George Orwell's Animal Farm, and they then started to realize that the stage shows were watering down the music a little bit, and decided to take a step back. And they be- began recording the Wall in '79. Roger Waters became the primary writer, and the whole process was way less collaborative. They put out the album The Final Cut in 83 and after Roger Waters left the band. Wright came back and the remaining members continued as a three-piece with David Gilmour stepping up as lead. They released A Momentary Lapse of Reason in 87, which was very successful and considered their comeback album. The Division Bell, which is what we're going to be talking about here pretty soon, was released in 1994 and they had a blimp touring the U- a painted blimp touring the U.S. flying from show to show. Which is pretty cool. Wait, how much did that cost? Oh, they didn't say. <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> like they had a blimp. A blimp. Like, were they flying in it? I don't know. I couldn't. Because like, that would be. Can so you imagine? I, like that would be a bitch to a load blimp. into a blimp, though. Can you imagine yeah. like loading yeah. into a blimp? Plus, there's well, got like, man, I just gotta go get that wall of amps and all these half stacks, man. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. I don't know if any. Like they're definitely not talking like that because they're obviously British. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's just that's just my stoner voice. <laughs> the band reunited with Waters in 2005 for a 20 minute set for Live Eight, not Live Aid. Knock off of I Live watched, Aid. <laughs> well, no, I watched. I think it's just a, like I think it's just probably a local station. I don't know. But when I was I was watching a documentary called like Which One Is pink or something because they were trying to say like which frontman was the best Sid Roger Waters oh, or okay. David yeah. Gilmore and what's funny is Bob Geldof did <laughs> yeah. have involvement in this so but it was actually called Live 8 and not Live 8 but <laughs> they turned down a ton of money to tour after that but they, they just didn't want to do it mm. and then um, I mean that's a long one. run yeah Oh, it's huge. 60s to the yeah, 90s. And, and like, that's like... I'm well, this pretty is sure everyone was well off money-wise from there on out, so it's not like they oh, yeah. need well, the money. All, uh, you know, a lot of them had solo careers or at least side projects that they worked on. Yeah. they The final album that was released, um, Endless River in 2014, and then sadly, 
Oh, well, before that, because um, Sid died in 2006 and of cancer, didn't you say? It was pancreatic, pancreatic cancer, yeah. And then Rick Wright died of cancer in 2008, so yeah. very sad. Man, like, but just thinking about, like, a 30... Like, a lot of these bands, I mean, they've been together for so long, and here I am, like, impressed that my band, The Snarks, has, like, stayed together for more than six years. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that, that is a big yeah. deal. I mean, that's longer it's than hard. any romantic yeah. relationship I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. when there's not a ton of money involved. Like, for Pink yeah. Floyd, yeah, we'll play for a million dollars when you're like slugging it out yeah at these you know shitty bars or just like volunteering to play free all yeah and you play all these free shows too it's six years is like a miracle it is here we on to or here we are on to the Publius Enigma Publius (laughs) (laughs) Enigma Enigma (laughs) can we just like okay everybody just do a weird voice really quick like just just in your head Publius Enigma you're not gonna do do it? it I don't know. I think I'm you nailed it so much. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, you guys, you guys did great. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going there. Yeah. No, I'm going to sound stupid. Uh, we tried. I just yeah. really like making dumb voices. Yeah, yeah. So you seldom get the chance. We could be voice actors. I could not. That was my dream as a child. I seriously I thought I wanted to. Yeah. I definitely wanted to be like a cartoon character. I would love to read because there's. Here's a lot your of, chance. Do do the audition <laughs> no. for us. No, but um, some and of the, say Publius and the horror fiction yeah. podcast that I listen to. I would love Smeagol. to read stories, especially scary stories. That's probably never going to happen. <laughs> you can do it. Anyway, so <laughs> you're like, nothing. Yeah. You're like moving on. Moving on, losers. Publius. <laughs> All right, so it started with the the blimp when the division bell came out. Excellent. Yeah, it had. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just really happy that they had a blimp. Like I yeah. like I have not looked up the Publius Enigma, so which yeah. is also why I'm so excited about the name of it. Yeah, but the fact that there's a fucking blimp involved makes me yes. so happy. They started off right. Like I didn't Whatever know that they, they had doing. a blimp either. Like it's just yeah. like the hits keep coming. This is awesome. Yeah. It looked great too. It was painted really well. I'm gonna have to. We'll have to post a picture of that. Yeah. So the. The press kit for the album included some video footage of the blimp, and it contained the following message, said, A spokesperson for Pink Floyd has issued the following statement. You have spotted the Pink Floyd airship. Do not be alarmed. Pink Floyd have sent their airship to to North America to deliver a message. The Pink Floyd airship is headed toward the destination where all will be explained upon arrival. Pink Floyd will communicate. Where was this message posted? It was on the blimp. Uh, the, no, it was. Um, it was on the, the blimp. Press kit. Oh, on the press kit. For the press kit for the album. Oh, okay. Like a physical press kit back in the nineties. Is that what mm-hmm. you mean? Okay. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that doesn't like exist anymore. Yeah, that's true. Some people are like, well, the but, but back in the nineties, they would have like mailed out. Well, not even just that, but there was always promos on TV. I remember they would have countdowns to album releases on MTV when we were younger and mm-hmm. I remember I'd take days off school when it was the band that I wanted to <laughs> I'd be like <laughs> I really want to see this video Yay. no oh, I'm kidding I don't just like Fall Out Boy but it's no, just I, not one of I was like really obsessed like. like fucking obsessed with Incubus which is funny because I, I, I went covered through Incubus you were here, right? they but, did yeah but yeah. uh or not no they didn't cover it they just had a they song they have a song that. where they yeah. It's a pretty good song, too. I saw yeah. a concert several times with my sister and my friend Mark and his girlfriend at the time. But I remember, like, I had just gotten dumped by my first boyfriend, and I had mono. Ouch. It was rough. Double whammy. Yeah, and I was so upset because the new Incubus album was coming out. And when my dad gave me, like, my dad came home from work and brought me the CD, I fucking cried. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember for the second Silverchair album, because I was, I had, like, this huge obsession 
in middle school. And when their second CD came out, I took the day off school and was like waiting for the the first video to be released. And then I went to Wood Nickel later and got the album. <laughs> I know we talked about Wood Nickel before. It's a local music store. Well, chain because there's several. In town. Yeah, there's still yeah there's still two locations. Three now because we have the downtown. Um, oh, I no, thought that's they, no, separate. It's separate. Okay, yeah. it's, I didn't know that it was. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's not the same owner. Okay, but it's one of his sons, right? Right, but not, but it's not. It's still operating. It's, okay. It's yeah. operating as neat, 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 not wooden nickel. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a yeah. separate business. Very cool. All right, so in June of 1994, a user of the anonymous pennant remailer service posted some messages. It was a series of 13 messages to this board and let's see. Okay, so the first one, my friends, you have heard the message Pink Floyd has delivered, but have you listened? Perhaps I can be your guide, but I will not solve the enigma for you. All of you must open your minds and communicate with each other, as this is the only way the answers can be revealed. I may help you out, but only if obstacles arise. Arise. I can't read or talk. Listen, read, think, communicate. If I don't promise you the answers, would you go? So and then well, wait, who that last that? line is actually a line That's from, from the song. Publius. Yes, yeah. it is. That's what it's I was from the track number two, I think. Yes, um, the song "What Do You Want from Me." So the message was posted online, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's well written. It's not like someone who just like didn't think about it and was like, "Hey, let me write something real quick." A lot of times, the messages were just it was just a copy, but then some of the grammar was changed or there were commas added. So there's a lot of a lot of the messages are repeated. It's really strange, and then they don't. They like repeated the exact same message but changed the grammar. Yeah. Well, that's probably because. Well, they think that you know it. Speculation. I can tell you what I think. What? I think it was probably someone higher up at the record label came up with this and they handed the message to an intern. Yeah. And was like, get this out as quick as possible. And then the intern just typed it up real quick and then went to the next one and typed it up and they typed it up wrong or changed it. Maybe. Yeah, you just don't know. Or um, somebody was trying to be like, I'm going to meter this differently and have different ways to yeah, speak it. Could be. If you have the emphasis on this one vowel. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So the second, oh, but they were all signed, you know, Publius. And of course. <laughs> yeah. Publius. Second, they had a second message that was just completely blank on, it was June So is this like on a message form or, mm-hmm. okay. And it's yeah. just like, and their username well, the is intern, Publius. He forgot yeah. to type it and hit enter. <laughs> Maybe. Whoops. <laughs> okay. So then the third message is, or the third message was the same, you know, original message, but full of grammatical errors. And they don't know if it was an intentional pointing to clues or if it was, you know, an intern that screwed up. That's what I think. Yeah. Then on June 15th, the fourth message, the errors were corrected. And this is like, so they're trying to like say something like, what? I don't know. Well, (laughs) they, you know, they explain a little bit more each time. I'm just, we need to communicate. It talks about like listening to the answers in the music, the lyrics or something. It's so cryptic. It like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, they're probably on acid. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like this goes so many different routes. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious. Like, what's the next message? Okay, it says. Okay, follow up clarifies the challenge. It says that some of you have suspected the division bell is not like its predecessors. Although all great music is subject to multiple interpretations, in this case, there is a central purpose and a design solution for the ingenious person or group of persons who recognizes this and where the information points to a unique prize has been secreted. And then let's see, it says how and where the division bell, listen again, look again, as your thoughts will steer you leading the blind while I stared O in your eyes. 
and it says lyrics, artwork, and music will will talk. It's and, so vague. It's, yeah, it doesn't, and, like. But then, and it it also they you know in the fifth message it also had the lyrics again the from what do you want from me the do you think that I know something you don't and <laughs> okay and then the sixth message was the same message punctuation and layout changes and <laughs> words were added I know it just gets weird yeah the seventh message <laughs> I've was, got my own theory about this now yeah well it I'm was, gonna wait till it keeps going but like yeah so were people like going nuts over this shit. Some, yeah, Yeah. it's crazy because they talk about how some people's lives and marriages and friendships were ruined over their obsessions with this because it... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Someone literally ruined his life. Lives were ruined, but was was anyone's lives, like, saved from this? Because someone named fucking Publius... Yeah. Posted on the goddamn internet. (laughs) (laughs) These people weren't going to make it. Holy shit. But (laughs) could you imagine that? I mean, think about. They have a hardcore following. I'm like crying. (laughs) Well, they offer a prize. Like, what the fuck is the prize? They don't know. (laughs) Did anybody ever know? It will get there. (laughs) But (laughs) think about how many people just genuinely (laughs) want. A mystery to solve. I oh feel like God. if I would have been into the band, I would have been all about this. Because I like stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not going to ruin my life. Oh, that's no. so awesome. Or is it? I don't think that I'd, I'd become obsessed with it. But think about... I'm sorry. Do you guys it's remember like this? The do you guys remember the story a few, a few years ago where the guy, he, <laughs> he hid treasure and he... Like he's left different clues so people can find the treasure. Oh yeah, know. people go nuts for that shit too. Yeah, for yeah sure. I yeah for I, sure. I get it. <laughs> no, I can't stop laughing. Oh, uh, that's so so. No, like I'm at that point now where I've like already like shed tears over it. So <laughs> now I'm like never gonna stop. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm just gonna be talking in this high pitched voice for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. No, you're fine. Deep breath. Ooh, all right. <laughs> So then he he started talking about how because it's really hard to find all of the messages I've had I've watched these videos all, a, like the thirteen messages that were posted right it's what's hard. the timeline were they posted within yes. like a two month period no it was all within it a started two hour on June eleventh nineteen ninety four and then ended on wait so how did they they had the internet in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it, it, like the internet wasn't popular until. So it was like it was being. So it's like even better. It's like computer nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think. Let me see. I think the the last one. <laughs> Can you imagine like being like so obsessed with it that you have to wait for the fucking AOL dial up? Yeah, that's right. You're like, I need there was this no high speed. Can't quit using internet. the phone. I'm freaking out over here. Yeah. Oh my god. So the 13th and final message was released on July 25th. So it was just within a couple weeks. But what's interesting okay. is people started like getting really mad because they just wanted to know who Publius was. They they weren't a lot of them weren't trying I to I don't want the prize. I want Publius. Well, they, yeah, they thought it was a, just a, like a troll. Yeah. Like what yeah. I don't know what they'd call it back then, but the the yeah, first internet troll was Publius. Everybody. Maybe. Yeah. So then the interesting thing was they had a show in New Jersey, and so he had a message that was, it was a 10th message. 
that was released on Saturday, July 16th. And he was talking about how to prove that he was authentic. There was going to, he said, there's an enigma in flashing lights. And that was, and he was, something was going to happen at the show. Right. There was going to be a sign. Yeah. Which This is where it gets crazy. Yes. Yeah. Because during their show, it spelled out. Okay. It spelled out Publius Enigma, I think. It did. It spelled out, I said smell, um, (laughs) Enigma Publius. Oh, yeah. At 10.30 p.m. Like part of the light which show, Which completely yeah. like legitimized the post. And it yeah. was proof of Pink Floyd involvement. I mean, it's proof that somebody knew something about... Or it's like proof that like the, the white guy did yeah. a shit ton of acid, yeah. read way too or much was into it. And had dial-up internet. And had dial-up internet and a bunch of friends. He's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I didn't think about that. It's brilliant. <laughs> but he said... In the 12th message, be prepared to travel for the prize. It will be unearthed. And, you know, like I said. The Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then the. It's, it's not like when, No, what's the one where, like, everybody, like, if you open it, it's like. like that's the Ark in that's Indiana thought, Jones. Yeah, yeah, when they open the Ark, it, like, fries everyone's faces. So That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah that would be. That would suck. Can you imagine, like, going to concert and be like, oh, shit, what's it going to be? Like, everybody just, like, turns into skeletons melts, and, like, melts yeah. in 80s glory. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not a prize. <laughs> Wait till it, you hear what it could be. It's eternal life. <laughs> that's true. They eventually the messages stopped, and the board or mes- I think wouldn't you call that a message board instead yeah. of a page, or what would you call that? It was eventually taken yeah, down. Yeah, message board. Because I, th- I think some it wasn't completely secure. So oh, then- shit, somebody named Poopleus <laughs> is fucking with it. <laughs> he was so late. <laughs> I'm surprised there's no mention of it in the movie Hackers. Yeah. So yeah. it totally was the internet because Hackers is definitely from the early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was. I think yeah. it probably around the same time. Yep. The final message. That's so sweet. <laughs> Sorry. So the final you know, mention of Publius was mentioned in, it was a, a zine at the time for Pink Floyd called Brain Damage. And they had a and a section reserved for correspondence and or for correspondent called Uncle, Uncle Custard, which I don't know why they said, but it's they said it's phonetically similar to Uncool Carstead. And they said that maybe that points to Nick Mason's passion for auto racing. But I don't. It's kind of a stretch. Yeah. But, but in their 34th issue, there was a question that said, who is Publius and what is the meaning of it all? And what is the treasure to be had? And they had a response. Let me... So this was like a handmade, like, punk rock zine type thing, right? Yeah. This yeah. wasn't... Yeah, for Pink Floyd. So yeah. it wasn't like a mass-produced, you know... Okay, know. and that was... Zine distro trades, though. That shit travels. That's true. Yeah, word of mouth. <laughs> so it was a year after the tour that that page was taken down. Okay, so the response was from Uncle Custard. It says, as the infamous Q has emphasized... And some people think that that refers to the character in Star Trek. Hmm. Yeah. So it says, you humans are so limited. This is a project for all those out there with higher IQs. It does require a mastery of diverse languages, along with a lot of spare time. Now get with it. The lights were brighter. The meaning is worn inside out. The bell has tolled and the surrogate band is coming back to life. The answer lies non-linearly with the paradox of the theme of division bell. Communication breakdown. It says, hint, watch the learning to fly video. It may also involve anomaly, um, anomaly. <laughs> anomaly in the time-space continuum. <laughs> there is an obvious solution, and you do not need to be a Floyd historian to figure it out. Winners will receive official entry into the Mensa Society and some dry <laughs> ice to cool down all those neural pathways in your brain. Wow. Yeah. That is, is not how Mensa works. Right? Yeah. That is so funny. 
It is important to note that neither I nor anyone involved with the zine will can allow you to actually enter Mensa without the yes. proper testing, <laughs> but enter into any correspondence on the topic. It's a puzzle for you devised by the one who loves you enough to drive you mad. Besides, I'm too busy creating crop circles and executing think tank projects for the Pentagon. <laughs> Although, <laughs> see, this sounds like a troll, like a, it does. It a troll like it's zine. Like making fun of. Yeah, it's like they heard it about it, and then it. I don't. Yeah. So it says, although the answers given by Uncle Custard over the years have all been written by several different people affiliated with the magazine, I got this straight from a Reddit page called. It's by you backslash Snacks Buddy, and it's called R backslash unsolved mysteries but it says that there have been different people that have taken the job but they think that the person at the time that maybe answered this was jeff jensen so was a contributor to the the zine i don't know man like that's i still i'm gonna go ahead with a theory that someone just took a shitload of acid had like one of those (laughs) out-of-body experiences connected with the music on a crazy deep level and then just assumed that other people would fucking understand yeah yeah. (laughs) like that's a hundred percent where that's a legit theory that's yeah. probably could so be right. So there's a guy. I mean, we're talking about Pink Floyd. That's definitely a band that you drop acid to. <laughs> like, so, I mean, like, there's like a 50% chance. I literally just heard of this, and that's immediately what I'm thinking. You're probably I could right. be right. Yeah. It could be. I don't Did know. Did you guys ever listen to a lot of Pink Floyd? Um, not I like used a ton. to. I haven't yeah. listened. I mean, I'm familiar. Like, I know. I know I'm familiar, but I never I could sing sat a couple down for and karaoke, to a but I, I don't. Yeah. And I have a couple of their albums, but I. They don't get a heavy rotation on my turntable. Do you so. have a favorite frontman being like Sid Barrett, Roger Waters, or Oh, Sid Barrett for David me. Gilmore. I love the early stuff. I love Sid Barrett. I like I like David Gilmore a lot though too. I saw David I Gilmore love, once. Love David Gilmore, and I also liked when you know Roger Waters was part of the band. I, yeah. you know, fronting. I think it was all pretty good. I don't think that they were ever bad. I saw David Gilmore from afar. At I was working at Sweetwater. Yeah. And just word oh, gets around. He came to Sweetwater just to. Oh, dang. Stop in. I've actually, he orders stuff from there and I've like held gear that he ordered. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I can't drop this bass or It's a lot of David cool Gilmore's people that go there. It. It's funny. Yeah. You'll see like bands come on tour and stuff like that and they'll pop in yeah. at the Brass Rail or something here in town and stop at Sweetwater and then there's like the obligatory like slide <laughs> picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh look, another band's going down the slide. <laughs> like that's totally why that it was installed. It was just so... Danny Tamborelli Probably. was there when they, not when they came the most recent time for the podcast, but the time before that, the I first show, because he took a tour and was walking around the sales engineer and picked up gear, I think, because he's in he's in band. That's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys ever met someone that you were like a fan of for any reason? Especially, it's weird yeah. when it's like someone that you were a fan of when you were a child, but I, I listen to their podcast and love it, but. Oh yeah. Like I, um, Robert Pollard. Oh, that's right. He's like my favorite musician. And he just like was hanging out at the Brass Rail, which is this local dive bar. And I just went down and like was hanging out with him. You played that show opening for him too. Yeah. You and then. Yeah, I've talked to him a little bit. What was the other man that played? Was it Street Lamps? Uh, Street Lamps and. Yeah, Street Lamps for Spotlight. Yeah. I've met a couple people that, yeah, I've looked up to and stuff. But it's always like weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. Unless. You're kind of drunk. It's easier then. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, I had gone out of town to see Leftover Crack, like, three times. And then I played a show in Lawrence, Kansas, and ended up, like, hanging out with them. And they weren't even playing. Yeah. And we were. But I didn't have a voice. I've probably already told this story on this podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Was it the one where the singer, like, told you... Oh, he's like the me. remedy. You got to do like drink two shots of this, yeah, and lemon oh, yeah, and totally. a yeah. cube, and then 
That's what I was going to say. I was like, I feel like that's like my only like cool story. So I'm, I'm sure I've already told it. <laughs> I met Dave Grohl when I was in middle school and their cool. drummer, Taylor, because all few fighters and Minnie Driver was actually in the room with them backstage. I met the lead singer of Third Eye Blind, also in middle school. Oh, okay. One time Stephen I Jenkins. met, like, not something that I'm like, ooh, that's my hero or anything at all. Yeah. Um, my, I was walking in the mall and my friend, I saw her, like, run by and she was, like, losing her fucking shit. I'm like, what? Backstreet Boys! It was like, no, it, it, it wasn't Backstreet Boys. Oh. It was, like, that fucking band, like, Nick Lachey. Oh, 98 90 Degrees. degrees. Yeah. yeah, same thing. They were thing. like playing. Yeah, they, it's like one of those boy those bands. Those guys are from Ohio, weren't they? Like two, the brothers. Well, they were. were they were um, playing at the Coliseum. Okay. And so, but she was like stalking him around the mall, and like he had a security <laughs> guard, and like they had to leave because so like he'd been seen or whatever. Yeah. And like, so I have a picture with this guy, and but I'm already like in my punk rock phase, and so yeah. like I don't give a shit. But I like totally had it in my locker throughout high school because I'm like, this is so fucking <laughs> yeah. funny. Like I have this picture with this guy from a boy band that I don't even like. I I would have never recognized him. I yeah. don't know. It was funny. I also met the guys from Kings of Leon a couple times because they they weren't big at the time, and I saw like it was when they were touring for um, what's the really good album of theirs? Aha, Shake Heartbreak, the second album. That's my. Is favorite, that what it's called? Yeah, that one's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I saw him around that time, and one time I was like up at a bar with my sister, and the lead singer came up, and he was like, "What perfume are you wearing? You smell like Liv Tyler." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Such a I'm wearing thing, Liv but... Tyler. Is that a perfume? <laughs> and I was pretty young at the time, and then I, the, one of their next shows in Indianapolis, I was there with Shelby. Um, she was a drummer for Josh's band for a while, and. Yeah. She liked the bassist. It was, I think it was the bassist for their opening band. I'm trying to remember what they were called. I can't remember. But so we were kind of hanging around after the show. And she ended up losing her purse. And we ended up on their tour bus because. Hey, now. Well, it was, it was, I don't like, I don't even think we were talking to them at the point, at that point. But she, I don't remember how it happened, but she like lost her purse in one bar and her keys in another bar. Cause we went, ended up at another bar with them too. It was like a billiards bar not too far down. And so then they had to like run us back to get the stuff in like some random person and broad ripple had her phone. So we had to go pick that up too. It was the weirdest. <laughs> Did you call her phone? Yeah, yeah. And they answered. Yeah. Oh. So, that was nice of them. They could have just yeah, tossed it or it was a really random night. Whatever. But a friend of mine was doing merch for the Sosa glows when they were on tour. Oh, and uh, we went up to Detroit. Great. Yeah. Cause they played here a bunch. Yeah. They played at the tiger nice. room. Yeah. They're, they're super nice dudes. Um, and so my friend gray was, running merch for them or whatever and so he's getting a ride home from me and my friend allison on our because he's like i need to go home now i've been gone for too long whatever yeah um so we gave him a ride back and uh so we had to like wait till after the show was over and all that stuff and matt and kim like they were so so close were opening for matt and kim and allison had lost the buttons that kept her shoes together (laughs) Uh because we were like hype you know, and so like he's like borrows the flashlight and he's like looking all over like through like waiting through all the cups of beer uh-huh. and like he found the buttons for her shoes. <laughs> really I was like nice. that's so nice. Yeah. All right, back to the. <laughs> do you want to say it? Publius Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> There, there are a bunch of theories. This makes me happy every time. I'm sorry. Yeah, since it was abandoned and, you know, not really, nothing ever came no of it. One no one ever fucking solved it. Well, they, they don't know because, I mean, people could have solved it because. Solved what? <laughs> the Enigma yeah. and the clues and stuff that they picked up from. I mean, there's a series of 18 videos that this guy who, his name is Dave Valentin, who claims that he solved the Enigma. It's 18 videos and some of them are over an hour long. 
I watched a couple actually. <laughs> where, <laughs> you didn't watch all of them? No, I I would have. Yeah. Cause they it was interesting. I mean, it gets yeah. all, like he really goes into to every little detail that you could possibly think of. But with did this. he like figure like it was there something to actually figure out? There was, but we don't know how well, developed it was if they just you know, if they just stopped partway through, if it was gonna continue. Yeah, what the fuck was the prize? Well, here we'll never know. <laughs> well, Mensa wasn't it? You get into Mensa, <laughs> right? That was one of. Yeah. But in 2002, <laughs> during a web chat, David Gilmore said that it was some silly thing that the record company put together, and that the Enigma didn't. It did exist, but it was instigated by EMI, their label, and not the band. And <laughs> Nick Mason in 2005 claimed that the prize was supposed to be. A crop of trees planted in a clear-cut area of forest, or something to that effect, <laughs> which I, I don't even understand. And I guess that EMI had a man working for them at the time that adored puzzles and created the puzzle that is so that could be funny. followed online. And the prize was never given out and still remains unsolved officially. Some of the, the you're gonna love this, but one <laughs> of the theories was that the CIA was involved, and they say that. <laughs> no the, doubt. There's they no say that doubt. the guy working, the puzzle guy working for EMI was, you know, he used to work for the CIA and they said, or even possibly the FBI. And that was Mark Brickman, who was the the lighting production designer. He said that that's, he, that, you know, that's where that came from. And he said that <laughs> the message, he was responsible for the message and the lights at the New, New Jersey concert. And he said it was a guy from Washington, D.C. that was previously from or previously worked for the FBI or CIA and specialized in encryption. And he had plans for the album cover. And Steve O'Rourke, the band's manager, decided to include the messages online. And then he later kind of recanted that statement and he refused to take responsibility. Some people thought that maybe this lighting guy was the person and he refused to say that, like he wouldn't take responsibility. He said it wasn't his. And so there was like the, the CIA involvement. They said that maybe... When you solve the puzzle, it was supposed to, this is so crazy, there was supposed to be some sort of spiritual possession or connection of the spirit through the songs. They said that it was, you know, the labels plan to promote the album and boost sales. And then there's also another theory that it was supposed to sync with the Return to Oz, the second movie. And there's just so many wild it branches off it into does. so it's many really wild hard to things. Follow, I don't know how you could possibly get all the you can't find anything online with all of the messages printed out, which is really annoying because I wanted to go through each of them, but we just kind of summed them up and I think got most of it out of there. Yeah. But what do you guys think was you know, who is behind this? What, what's Publius, Publius is the Zodiac killer. <laughs> it could be. Am I off the podcast? No. Okay. <laughs> now, I I think all these wild theories, I don't think they're right at all. Like, I, it would be so awesome if, like, the CIA did, like, harass the white guy and they had these puzzle makers and, like... Well, I mean... That it, would be amazing if they had all that stuff. That all kind of connects stuff, to the but, theory that the, the label hired this guy that, you know, maybe... Ha- Maybe he even lied about his involvement with the CIA and was just really big on puzzles. Yeah. But it seems like maybe he just didn't finish it or he did and they just abandoned it. And all these people have, you know, solved it since and they just don't know that they did. I'm leaning more towards like the light guy was just on acid and had mm-hmm. a computer. Like that's more plausible than like the yeah. CIA. Like, well, no, I don't think that the CIA really had involvement, but maybe this person that helped the label come yeah, up with it. Yeah, there definitely no could have been. That, like, I mean, no. 
No. And I'm, da- I'm, <laughs> yeah. going, I'm going back with my theory that somebody just had one of those fucking acidic yeah. epiphanies. Yeah. Um, and it could have been like the record label came up with this plan and then didn't follow through with it. Yeah. and they, Or they're just trying to create hype and like buzz around it like, oh, what, what's yeah, this? Yeah, but it's really funny. Right like, <laughs> 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 the record label, like, you know what we're going to do today? Ruin some fucking lives. Yeah. <laughs> Little did <Yeah>. they know. <laughs> oh my God. That's, it's just so awesome. I feel like this could be like on an episode of like some fucking sitcom where like, yeah. then all of a sudden like the, the father-in-law fades into oblivion <laughs> because he's never going to solve yeah. the enigma. Yeah. And they, they never confirmed that the artist included anything, you know, to do with the puzzle in his artwork. It, it was designed by Storm Thorgerson. And it included that's pretty, that's cool pretty name. Great name. Yeah. yeah, the Moai monoliths from Easter Island on the front. It's a pretty cool cover. But yeah, the cover is very memorable. Yeah. It's like a power name. I think they have a lot of interesting album. Like it's definitely an X Men name, but also yeah. like but like their Storm name is Thorson. fucking Storm. Storm. I know. Like that's a power move. Yeah. Like you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna name my kid Storm. Fuck yeah. Strong name. It is a strong name, like a fucking thunderstorm. <laughs> I just thought of it because I was thinking about puzzles and different things. Do you remember when you were going to make that album? He was just going to print one copy and then bury it and make a map and somehow yeah. release the map. So if anybody wanted to actually find it, they could. Because he has an album that's just released. <laughs> you know what in- would be easier? <laughs> to just make it one of those like uh, geocaching things. What's that? Well, I don't know what that is either. Right? Like, what, is that what it's called? Like geocaching, right? Or geocaching? I don't know. I don't know what that is. What? It's yeah. like where people, like you put in like the coordinates for it, and then oh, you like cool. find like. Well, he wanted treasures. them to try to like have to. They they would they were gonna have to work for work towards finding this album. Like yeah. they're gonna have to find it and then dig it up. And oh, there's an album. He has. We've well, never. No one's ever gonna hear it, it though. He has one that's just in a jukebox in a dive bar locally at yeah. the Ross Rail, and you don't like nobody else has a copy of that, right? No. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I just wanted to do like an interesting release. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go here, it, it's at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> What's the album called? Uh, it was called uh, Invisible Hits. Okay. So then maybe the next one, the B-Sides album, you, you can bury it somewhere. <laughs> no, I think I'll release that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then another album. Yeah. Publius. <laughs> Enigma. <laughs> like... Oh man, there's just so many voices in my head that I want to portray on this microphone. That makes it sound like I'm crazy now. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to go poopless, poopless, poopless. Like sound like a rapper. Sound like Chuck D. There's just so many different ways to say poopless. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, I could do that all night. I probably will, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't make you guys listen to that. All so night. what was your theory? What do you think happened? Oh, I think that it really, I'm gullible, I guess. Cause I, I mean, I that, want to believe in like unicorns and all this stuff. Been an encryption specialist. I'm not saying that he was yeah. for the, the CIA at any point, but I do think that they tried to make this elaborate puzzle. And then I don't think that maybe it was, I don't know, either they ran out of steam or, just didn't want to pursue it because not enough people were interested or what. I mean, there's still a or huge... Or they just made it too fucking hard. There's still a, yeah. yeah, there's still a huge following online, people trying to... Because even people that have said that they've solved it, a lot of other people say that they haven't. So it'd be interesting if somebody gave answers ever, you know, just somebody that doesn't work for the label anymore that's like, oh yeah, this is the real story. Somebody I don't know has to know something, that. yeah. So yeah. if you're listening to this and you have lost your wife <laughs> and your life... And your friends. And your, and your, your 
friends and you're and you're like going to the library because you're homeless to use the internet to solve the Publius enigma. We want to hear from you. Yes. Oh, I would love to talk to the Dave Valentin guy and just have him, you know, talk about I don't have I don't have eighteen YouTube videos worth of time. That's true. Yeah. But I, I want to hear from people that it. Well, because yeah. he was in his last video, because he was like, "I'm letting this go. I'm moving on." Because he'd been working on it for 25 or 20 years since he'd been 17 years old, and he was saying like he's letting it go, but he didn't know because he was like, "I don't know what to expect. I don't know if anybody's going to contact me. I don't know if there's going to be any press or people right. are going to show up on a this. blimp." Is Pink so Floyd I kind of want to know if that did happen. If anybody reached out to him, if there was any interviews that he gave afterwards, or if it just you know nothing ever came. So I guess that's what I don't want to go through it all again. Yeah, or go through the 18 videos. I'm curious. Maybe we'll. Contact contact that guy yeah and just be like so did you really solve it did yeah. anything happen no cool okay bye yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i need to know <laughs> oh man that's so awesome too funny well thanks for listening everybody yeah we are going to set up a patreon yes um we're still fine-tuning what we are going to put on there but I'm thinking that it would be really funny if you paid me to prank phone call people so yeah. that's going to be an option for sure for sure um, yeah I, I would do that. I'm not above that. Maybe I'll just yell, Publius! <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, that's, like, that's a great fucking idea. I would pay for that. I wouldn't pay for that. But if you want to pay for that, that'd be tight. Yeah, but please check out our Patreon. And then also, and uh, we'll you know release everything that we need for that for the next episode. But also, if you have time, please rate and review us online. That helps other people find the podcast, and we'd really appreciate that. And if you're looking for something funny to listen to, um, there are a couple of dudes here in Fort Wayne that have a podcast called Demo Listen, and it's um, Greg Gordon and Nate Herbert, and it's really funny. And they just listen to punk and hardcore demos <laughs> and absolutely annihilate or... <laughs> give props to them. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very funny. And they are both very involved in the all we just seen here with house shows and stuff. Oh, so cool. give it a listen. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty fun. And it's definitely funny. It's definitely funny. So Josh, where can they find your music if they want to? Uh, all the digital platforms like Spotify. I have to mention on Spotify, there's another artist named Thunderhawk that is a Native American who's even better than me artist yeah and it's mixed in so sometimes you don't know what you're gonna get so it's either like live or let die or flute you know music. just like some beautiful flute, flute yeah. music so you get to choose what way. you like yeah so that's confusing yeah. but otherwise Bandcamp and iTunes yeah iTunes Bandcamp yeah um I don't know I, th- I feel like everyone just uses Spotify and like and Apple Kendra, music where can we find the snarks oh um same. It's like on everything. Okay. Uh, Spotify. I think Bandcamp. I'm not sure if we're on there. We're, we're on the things. Yeah. Like, we're like Apple on Music, iTunes, iTunes yeah. like yeah. all that all that fun stuff. Um, I think we're like one of the only snarks on there, like the snarks. Have we ever and, mentioned that you guys play the opening? Oh, yeah. To like our the, the song, the, our little intro music is the outro actually from a song called Hangry, yeah. where I just sing about wanting to eat all the food. So. <laughs> It means a lot to me, so you should listen to it. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah, for do. sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it for tonight. So farewell, Lindsay. Welcome, I Josh. Know. And thank uh, you, thank you. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back soon. Publius, <laughs> Publius. <laughs>